What is up, everybody? It's been a busy week here at Fantasy NHL Today, and I wouldn't have it any other way, all right? To finish up the week, I thought we'd go big, all right? I've got a very special guest with me. It's Michael Amato from Sportsnet and GoaliePost.com. We are going to talk about what transpired last week and give our first impressions of the players on their new teams, as well as try and extract some value from the remaining players. Let's get to biz. You're listening to Fantasy NHL Today. everybody thank you so much for joining me this is fantasy nhl today and i am your host blake creamer please follow me on twitter at blake creamer se come on please just just do it all right i need i need some help there i need some friends i've said it before my twitter friends are like my real friends all right and uh nobody can tell me different that's how i that's how i do business um, as I said, we've got a, a very special guest, so I want to get straight to it here. It's Michael Amato from Sportsnet and GoalyPost.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good, Blake. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, I, I'm just stoked to get you on here because I'm a big fan of yours. Um, you know, uh, obviously, I'm sure you're all aware who, who Mike is. Um, if you want to get on his Twitter, if you're not already on there, you need to be on there. So give this guy a follow if you aren't already. It's at Amato underscore Mike. That's A-M-A-T-O underscore Mike. And you get your buns over there and you check out uh, some of his stuff there. He's got some amazing content. He's doing some great articles over at Sportsnet. As well. So, yeah. Um, first of all, I got you here, Mike. Uh, how did this last week go for you, this last couple of weeks, the trade deadline stuff? I mean, what, what were your impressions of this week? Pretty crazy. I don't know if I remember a deadline quite like this. So obviously, uh, a lot of moves, which is great. But, yeah, they kind of all came uh, a few days or a week leading up before the deadline. So, like, the deadline itself i guess wasn't as exciting but uh i don't think there was any shortage of of big names changing places and yeah i think it was kind of kind of crazy from a fantasy hockey perspective if you're like adding players or or you have your own trade deadlines in fantasy there's a lot of players i think that you know change teams in the nhl that really sort of impacted their value and it kind of happened in an instant so it was kind of interesting yeah, no, I, I totally agree there. Um, you know, as a, a fantasy analyst, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then you, you think about all the work that kind of follows up on the back end. You're like, oh, I, yeah. Like I was saying, um, I know you've, you've been on Nate's podcast before, Apples and Genos. Um, I was saying to him, I had him the other day. It's just, it's like homework now. It's like, oh, here, here's a bunch of work you got to do <laughs> so you can, you know, know what the hell you're talking about. So, um, but yeah, do you, do you uh, like, one thing I tweeted out a little earlier uh, this week is that I feel like the this NHL trade line is similar to what the NBA trade deadline is. I don't know if you follow NBA at all, but it's usually just ridiculous. And and this is the first time I've ever seen the NHL with, first off, this many moves. I think there were over 40, uh, you know, the two weeks leading up to the deadline. And then it's it's not just, you know, little little moves here and there. These are big players, big pieces, you know, moving back and forth. So, um, yeah, do you, do you think it was a surprise that so many big players moved for the trade deadline uh, this time? Yes and no. I think, like, yeah, generally the, the NHL trade deadline is a little quieter than, than the NBA's. But I do think, you know, this year, um, I think there's just a lot of, like, really good teams in the East. And I think everyone was sort of trying to kind of match each other and make sure they're, you know, nobody was falling behind and, I guess with the playoff format now, you're kind of, 
it's it's pretty much a gauntlet if you if you want to get to the Stanley Cup final through the East. And it just felt like one team, you know, was making a move and the other teams had to follow it up because they didn't want to be left behind. So yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, enjoyed it a lot. And uh, something I just, I, you know, because fantasy hockey to me is such a kind of a niche hobby. Um, you know, I don't know if you ever get this when you're talking to people about, you know, fantasy stuff and you just get like a glazed over kind of face like, you know, oh, you have a podcast? Like, yeah, yeah, I got a podcast. What is it? It's fantasy hockey. And they're like, you know, <laughs> like they couldn't be more interested unless they're, you know, guys like you and me, right? And they're like, oh, my God, got to listen to that, right? So um, while well, I got you, you know, what, what kind of got you into fantasy hockey? Uh, to be honest, I just kind of, I wanted to get into something sports writing related and, um, way back in the day, probably like 12 years ago, um, I did an internship with the hockey news and I ended up sort of connecting to Daryl Dobbs who runs Dauber hockey, um, through there and just started, you know, working for him a little bit, writing different things on his site. And then, um, I ended up after sort of a few years of just kind of writing in that way, um, I, I ended up at the score for, for a few years, just working full time, not necessarily covering fantasy hockey, more like covering football. But uh, when I left there, I uh, sort of got back into the fantasy side. But I've always played um, like in, I've been in hockey pools since like forever. Like I remember, you know, long, long before there was like a, like a Yahoo fantasy sports app, like I remember getting the newspaper with my cousin and, right. and writing down stats and like spreadsheets. And so I'm talking like the late nineties here, but yeah, so it was definitely, um, I, I've been a huge part of it for a long time and, and yeah, just now obviously getting pretty much uh, prominently writing about it specifically. So. I love that, man. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, what you're describing is like, if I had kind of a do over, like I'm in my forties now, so it's like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty set in what I do. This is a hobby, but you know, I would love to kind of take that route. Like if I, if, if I just went, won a bunch of money, like I'd be like, okay, no, I'll just like, exactly. I'll just go do an internship. I'll just go shadow somebody who's doing, you know, sports writing and get involved in sports. I just, I love this stuff. So that's awesome, man. You're killing it. Your content's awesome. So uh, thanks for that. Um, yeah, let's, let's get into it here. I want to, um, just talk really quickly about the format of this show. We're just going to basically name a bunch of players that are, uh, you know, on new teams and give our impressions of them, uh, their first performances. Some of them played games with their new teams. I want to talk about some rest of season value and also just maybe some players who might benefit from, you know, these players leaving their team. Are they, you know, are they getting more minutes? Are they going to be featured? That kind of thing. Simple stuff, but you got you got a pro here. All right. So that's we got to get the biz. All right. So let's do it. Let's start it up, man. Um, Rasmus Sandin is the first player I'd like to discuss going to Washington. Um, this is a player that uh, I, w- I wasn't at all interested in in Toronto, and I know you're a Toronto fan, so um, that's I kind of wanted to start this one off with Rasmus Sandin because you know you have some familiarity watching him probably. Um, he had a, a really good first game, obviously with Washington. This guy played, you know, I think he played over 20 minutes there with Washington, or t- just under 22 actually. He got three assists, uh, one on the power play, three hits, one block. That's that's nice. Um, that that's kind of what you want to see, right? Because um, his role on Toronto was, you know, diminishing. Obviously, like when when Riley came back, you know, this guy was kind of he he, he had a little bit of time to shine there, and and Riley came back, and he wasn't really prioritized anymore. So, what do you what do you think uh, for Sandine? First off, what's your impression of him as a player, just watching him, and then how do you think he's going to do with Washington moving forward? Do you think he holds uh, power play one or gets gets some time there? Yeah, so I think he's an interesting player. Um, I, I think like he went as far as he could 
in Toronto, just sort of having watched him for a long time. Um, he definitely has some talent, um, some offensive abilities. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, I don't want to say he's like a, a, a bad defensive player, but I think definitely some of his shortcomings were in his own end. Um, you know, he could make some incredible plays and then some really bad plays that could sort of negate everything. Um, for a guy that hits, I think he's not, he, he kind of gets pushed off the puck a little bit too much in the corners. So that I think limited him to Toronto. I think Toronto didn't view him as somebody they wanted to go into a playoff series with. Um, so that's sort of a bit about his game. And I think, you know, the problem he had in Toronto was to really get, I think his full value, he needs to be playing on the power play a lot. And with Morgan Riley there and that first unit that they have, they just, they probably play like 75% of the power play. And maybe, you know, you get 30 seconds here or there. It's just probably not enough to show sort of what he could do. Um, but yeah, I guess now in Washington, he's kind of taken basically Eric Gustafson's spot, who is sort of filling in for for John Carlson. And, you know, that was a pretty good spot for Gustafson. He had some some good success there. I think the problem with Sandine's going to be, you know, it's great for right now and it may be great for the next little bit here. But like what happens later this season or next season when John Carlson comes back is, is he just going to revert to that same sort of second power play unit role, not playing a lot of minutes, maybe you know, moves down the, to the second or third pair. And, and then, you know, is he going to be sort of that same value? So I think, I think right now you might be able to sort of cat, capture lightning in a bottle with him a little bit, but yeah, it remains to be seen kind of what happens when Carlson gets back. If he's just going to kind of Sandy's just going to slide back into that old role. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, um, yeah, that's a great point. Like uh, even just thinking ahead to next year, I don't think, you know, unless we see something amazing here for, for the remainder of the season, I don't think Sandine's a guy you're going to look at to draft. But, you know, Carlson is still, he's still not back. You know, he, he might come back before the end of the season, um, but it might not be in time to be, you know, relevant for your fantasy playoffs. And they might, they might try and ramp him up a little bit. You know, he might be kind of a little bit lower ice time so Sandine can still have some value there. Are you adding Sandine? Uh, I think right now you could if you're in a deep league and, and you need help on D. Um, you know, it's, he's definitely worth a look. I mean, that I, I think any power play with Alexander Ovechkin on it, you know, if you can grab somebody um, from that, it's probably a good idea. And yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think you like, it's kind of weird. Like, I think if you're adding Sandine and, and hoping to hold him, you kind of want the Capitals to struggle a little bit because I think that means maybe they're not going to bring John Carlson back. Maybe they'll just kind of let him rest up for the year if they completely like fall out of the playoff race here um and then maybe it's just sort of sandine's job for the rest of the year and and then you sort of just go from there afterwards but yeah like i said i think uh as a short-term look i don't think there's anything wrong with bringing him on yeah awesome point there um and and just real quick what's your take on uh gustafson there uh, with the leafs Uh, he's obviously not getting any kind of deployment i mean what what do you think his rest of the season kind of looks like i don't think it's great like i i think they have i think toronto has nine nine defenders now if i'm not mistaken so yeah i want i want i want to say he might be eighth on the depth chart um seventh or eighth like i think he's ahead of timmons but i i don't i don't think they're factoring him unless he complete like unless morgan riley has an injury or something and he has to quarterback the power play yeah i, I don't see him having much value unfortunately it's too bad because I think he had five power play points in his last six games for the Capitals before he got traded, which, yep. I mean, that's really good. Like if you're, if you're holding on to him, that's just a tough blow for whoever, whoever had was, was hanging on to him there, hoping to use him for the fantasy playoffs because yeah, um, barring a couple injuries for the Leafs on D I don't, uh, I don't see him having much value. 
Yeah, for sure. Just a depth piece and a, and a power play depth piece at that because they got other guys that can do stuff. Um, I'll tell you what the Leafs need to do. You put Luke Shen out there for 30 minutes a night. Boom. All right. This, yeah, just crushing people, just slamming people into the boards. Uh, and that's what he does, right? Just, you know, just intimidate the other team. They call me snap and pop because I snap and I will pop your ass in the mouth. Don't mess with me, man. I don't know where I'm going with this. I love Luke Shen. I'm a Vancouver Canucks fan, unfortunately. So that's, that's where I'm at with that. Um, let's move on to another player here, Tyler Bertuzzi. All right. Um, he rips over to Boston. That's a, I think that's a great trade in reality for the Boston Bruins. You know, for fantasy, um, I'm not too stoked on it, to be honest. You know, he's, he's a third liner there playing with, uh, who, who the heck's he playing with? Frederick and Coyle, Charlie Coyle, I think. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, Charlie Coyle's on a heater right now. About five points in his last five games. What a legend. But, um, yeah, this it's not great even strength deployment. He is getting power play, too. Um, Bertuzzi was a guy I liked, uh, you know, as a back-end roster guy for fantasy when he was with Detroit just because – um, he was kind of he was kind of sneaky because of his injuries. Like he he was low, uh, he wasn't rostered very much, right? Um, so you you could kind of get this guy, and this is an was an over twenty minute a night guy with Detroit. You know, first liner, first power play, going to third liner, second power play with Boston. Where do you see Bertuzzi rest the season? And you know, what what do you think? Is he an ad? Is he is he going to do anything there? Do we care? Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I I don't love it. Uh, like I saw, he, he didn't get top six uh, minutes, even with Taylor Hall out, which is kind of concerning. Um, but so part of me says, yeah, I don't I don't see him having a ton of value. But you know, he, like he he's usually pretty useful for hits and penalty minutes. So if you're in a deep multicat league, maybe you try him just for the Boston factor. Because I mean, I, I sure didn't think Dmitry Orlov would would turn into Bobby Orr when he got to Boston, but you know, here we are. He's just been absolutely on fire. So it seems like anything the Bruins do or touch this year just, just turns out amazingly well. But uh, yeah, logically, I don't think it's, it's a huge ad, but uh, who knows? I think the Bruins are just having one of those seasons. It's crazy what's going on over there. Um, you know, I look at some of these teams like the Rangers and the Devils, and I'm like, man, these teams are stacked. And then you look at Boston and what they're actually accomplishing on the ice, and they're stacked too. I mean, it's just, it's a special season over there. I don't know what the hell's going on. Speaking of, just what quick thoughts on Orlov. Is this sustainable? Like, like this man is, you know, when he got traded, you know, people were asking me, you know, is he an ad? I'm like, no. No, he's not an ad. He's a, he's a depth defenseman, right? This guy's a, you know, he's a beefer, so that's nice. Um, playoff defenseman, this is the guy you want. But nine points in five games, what the hell are you doing? Oh, my God. So, you know, wh- where are you at with this guy? Is this sustainable or is he just going to fall off a cliff? Yeah, I, I wasn't recommending to Adam either. Um, I don't think what he's, like the pace he's on right now is sustainable. But, I mean, if he's even close to, I was writing a bit about him in my column this morning. If he's even close to a point per game, like down the stretch here, like I think that's pretty good value. And, and I know he was playing with uh, Charlie McAvoy a little bit. Like if that pair kind of takes shape and holds, uh, you know, he might be worth it. Again, I think it probably depends on your league. Like if you're in a deep multi-cat league, he probably like he probably has some value, um, you know, maybe like uh, just a strictly points league. I think those points are going to probably start to slow at some point. But, you know, right now he's, yeah, at worst, he's a streamer. Like he's definitely, he's definitely filling the net. Yeah, no, I like that too. I mean, I might have to change my stance on it and I hate doing that, all right? I like just digging my feet in the sand and just going down with the ship. You know, that's where I'm at as a fantasy analyst. No, that's not that's not true, everyone. All right, let's move on. Um, Let's talk about the big guy, PK, Patrick Kane. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. 
with the Rangers, I mean, what can we say? He, he's played two games there. He's minus four in those two games. That's not awesome, but obviously he's getting all the deployment. And in his second game there, he actually got, you know, uh, just under 22 minutes. So that, I, I don't know that I was expecting that. Um, you know, I thought Kane would take a hit with his time on ice. I thought he might go from a 20-minute guy to, you know, a 17-minute guy. Something like that, just with all the talent they have there on the Rangers. So, you know, I love that deployment. Uh, 21 minutes and 44 seconds he played. But minus four, six shots on net in two games. You know, where, where do you see Kane? I mean, you know, what, what's his floor and what's his ceiling, do you think, uh, with the Rangers here? I, I think he's definitely going to come around. I think that, like top six now is so loaded that it, it's going to be hard to play a lot of games there in that group and, and not put up points. Um, it's probably taken him, you know, a lot longer to, I mean, it's only been two games, but it's probably going to take him a little bit longer to adjust. I would say than some other players, I mean, he's been with the same franchise forever. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a different pace for him. And obviously he's playing with, you know, a lot of talent now, which, you know, he, he wasn't doing a lot this year is kind of a, a bare bones roster there in Chicago. So now the game's probably moving pretty quick and I think it's just going to take him a little bit to, to come up to speed. But, you know, if you look at the last couple of weeks before he got traded, like he was playing really well again. So, um, I mean, if you're playing with, you know, whoever he's, he's going to kind of find a, a fit there long-term with, whether it's Savannah jet or, or, or Panarin or whoever, like those guys can put up a lot of points. So yeah, I'm not really, if I have Patrick Kane, I'm definitely not, panicking right now um i think by the time the the fantasy playoffs roll around hopefully he's clicking a little better yeah absolutely totally agree with that um what do you think who's the benefactor and maybe who loses out um you know just with the rangers with patrick kane's arrival there yeah it's hard to say like i I think obviously him and panarin had a lot of chemistry back in the in the day in chicago um you know I, i i sort of wonder about um some of those younger guys on on that third line like Lafreniere um if those guys were going to get a chance in the in the top six like I don't sort of see that happening now with with Kane there um I think he's going to sort of obviously cement that spot but um you know somebody like Cheadle obviously is going to be be down there too now he's not going to get a chance to move up I just yeah I I just think like anybody that maybe had a chance to jump into the top six is probably not going to now because I just think they're so loaded there. Like I don't see anyone moving down. Like maybe Trocheck, there's a slight chance, but I, I don't. Oh, really I hate see to it. hear this. That's yeah, well, no, way. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see him moving down. But I mean, yeah. it would something crazy would have to happen. But yeah, I, I just think it hurts. Like some of those younger guys that were, you know, like Cheadle was was really coming on there. Like maybe he was going to get a look at some point in the top six, yeah. but I, I just don't see it happening now. Yeah, totally agree. That bottom six, especially that third line, the kid line, those guys, I think, all lose value. Um, yeah, and, and hopefully Panarin, you know, can get some some goal scoring going here. Yeah, he's had a decent season. I think he, what, what has he got? Yeah, 69 points in 63 games. Nice. Um you know, but uh, I'd like to I'd like to see more. Yeah, just, you know, dynamic stuff kind of from that line. And then obviously my boy, Vinny Tro. All right. He's a friend of the show. We love that man here. Uh, yeah, I love uh, love guys like that. Cats Beasts I actually called uh, for Vinny Tro to get 70 points this season. Uh, hot take. I, I did too. I, did oh, too. I, I had uh, him as a big bounce back candidate. Yeah. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. You know what? I think we're going to be friends. I don't know. All right. Well, let's, yeah, we'll talk after the show, but they, you know, let's exchange, we'll exchange numbers. Um, yeah. Love any Tro, but um, 
yeah, I think this this kills value on that third line. Unfortunately, um, just real quick, what's your take on Tarasenko? Like, how do, um, how does a player like Kane come in and uh, affect sort of Tarasenko's value? Because he's going to be bouncing. It looks like from power play one, power play two at times. Like, yeah. try different things there. Like, what do you think happens there? Yeah, I, th- I think it'll be okay. One of the interest- interesting things with the Rangers is they kind of more than maybe other teams, they try to balance their two power play units out. Like they don't really load up one necessarily. Um, so I think he'll be okay in that regard. And yeah, I think as we were talking about before, they just have so many talented players there. As long as you're on one of those top two lines with any sort of combination of the six, I think you're going to be okay. Sweet. I like it. I, I'm, I mean, I look at these teams, the the way they've stacked up here. And I've mentioned this before on the pod to me, it's like, you know, in the playoffs, it's, it's like an all-star game, but the players actually give a crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what, yeah. what, like, and Timo Meyer, he's lining up in, in New Jersey tonight. That, that looks ridiculous. They're top six. I mean, jeez. What yeah, the, I, hope, the, I, is, I, hope, I hope we see a Rangers uh, double series. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be insane. And then what the hell's going on in Tampa? They're getting pumped today. Uh, they're sitting yeah. the. This is off topic, but they're you know they're they sat Kucherov point and you know what 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 what's the thought? What, what goes through a coach's mind when they're doing something like that? Like what's the end game here? Like piss the guy off and like you know what 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 do you? I mean, what's your thoughts on that? That's bizarre. I don't know. They look out of sorts. Maybe they're just trying to mm-hmm. give them a wake up call. But uh, yeah, they need something. I saw. I saw. Uh, Victor Hedman went down too at one point. I don't yeah. know if he came back to the game. Um, and and another side note in that game, uh, Shane Gossespierre looks really good. Yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. two more power play points today. I did not. I did not like that move for him initially, but now it's it's looking pretty good. So, well, it, yeah, that was weird because well, I guess Brent Burns was. He, he wasn't a lock on that top power play or, you know, they're, they're still tinkering. And then you got the Rod Brindamore factor where he's just like playing whoever's playing well. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't really rely on any deployment. So yeah, Goss despair. I mean, take a look. Is he on your wire? Like this, this is, this is a great team. He's only, I saw, I was looking this morning in Yahoo. He's like 40, 40% roster. So he's probably out there in a lot of leagues. You got to go get the ghost. All right. He's uh, yeah, he's that guy's, I, he, he could he could pop off here i mean what i was picturing with shane goss's bear is kind of like a tony d'angelo like a like yeah. a just a purely offensive guy you know not really doing much else but if they're gonna if they're gonna feature him a little bit or or maybe even in that role he's just putting up a ton of points because the team's sick you know uh i like that so anywho yeah let's move on that's that's good stuff right there i want to talk about my guy jacob chikrin um with ottawa just just some some initial thoughts there uh what, what you've seen with him in ottawa um, you know, or I'll let you go. Yeah. What have you seen with him in Ottawa? Yeah. He, uh, just looks really good so far. Like he, he looks, uh, super polished and, mm-hmm. and not rusty for a guy that was off for a little bit. I don't know if he missed like around something like 10 games before he got traded there, but, uh, yeah, he looks like a perfect fit there. The Sens are, uh, shockingly working themselves back into the, to the playoff race. And I think he's, he's a perfect fit for Ottawa, right? Cause they really needed, a, a guy like him like I know they have Thomas Shabbat but to me Shabbat is sort of more like uh he does kind of everything well but nothing great like he's just yeah. very steady uh, that's why I'm like I'm not a huge fan of Shabbat in fantasy like I love him as a player but I think he's just one of those guys that's you know those better real life players than than in fantasy um but yeah I think Chickering just kind of fills that offensive role they needed from the from the blue line and yeah, you, if you look at that uh, that decor in a couple of years, they could be pretty good with when Jake Sanderson really sort of gets polished there. But uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a uh, going to be a good fit there. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, does the deployment worry you just in the first couple games under 20 minutes both nights? I mean, I, I know he went to the, the the dressing room in the first game there with an injury, but did come back. I mean, what, what do you think about his deployment? Yeah, I'm not overly concerned now. I know the the first game he played, um, I think I heard Pierre Dorian talking about how it was kind of a scramble to get him in here. He barely made it. He took the red eye, so maybe they're just not trying to, like, overtax him right away. But right. Uh, And they also have, like, I mean, if there is something to be slightly concerned about, like one thing that Shabbat does do well is like eat up minutes. Like he play, he's always right up there in the top ice time uh, uh, for, for defenders. So yeah, that might be a slight concern. I don't know if, I don't think it's going to like hurt Chickering too much, but yeah, they have obviously another guy that can play in almost any situation as well. But uh, yeah, I think he's going to get plenty of opportunities. For sure. And uh, I, I like your point on um, kind of just where the senators are like, um, fighting for a for a wild card spot, right? Like those are the type of uh, situations that I think are beneficial to fantasy players, right? Like they're going to be putting their horses out there, trying to get wins, right? This, you know, as soon as this guy's revved up and ready to go, like get him out there. So he's he should, I hope to see the minutes rise up, you know. Um, but even yeah, even guys like Thomas Shabbat, like you said, um, Jake Sanderson, these guys are all going to get buku minutes, you know, and they're going to bludgeon their way to some, you know, statistics and stuff like that, especially in cats leagues. So I, I like when I see a team in this situation. Um, yeah, Chikrin, he looks like a beauty. That's a nice fit there. All right, next player I want to speak on, uh, who ha- he hasn't played a game with his new team, but it's Yakov uh, uh, Vrana. Um, he was traded to the Blues from the Red Wings. Um, obviously kind of an enigma as a player. Um, what's, what's your take on Vrana? And, you know, he obviously had a, a good start to his career in Detroit. He's, he's flashed, obviously, his offensive potential here, but, you know, had some personal issues and uh, actually spent some time in the player assistance program. So that's good. He's back, never really got a look with the wings. What do you think happens with him on the Blues? And, uh, you know, even further to that, where do you think he lines up kind of in their, in their lineup? Is he at top six? I th- I think they probably are going to give him top six at some point. I mean, I think that's where if you're if you're trying to get the most out of him, I think that's probably where it makes the most sense to use him, um, sort of to maximize his value. Let's say, but yeah, like you said, you know, I think he used the perfect word is is enigma. Like he scored at a great rate for the for the Red Wings, but just didn't play all that much. So it's hard to kind of get a good read on him. I think my take would be like if you're you know kind of near the top of the the standings in your league and you're have a playoff spot security is probably like a good bet you know because maybe you know he turns into something and it's huge for you but you know if you're sort of desperate fighting to to make the playoffs you know it might be a bit risky right now so yeah i think if you have um you know the luxury of kind of taking a chance on, on someone uh, that got traded i think he's probably a good good guy to take a bet on yeah um i think that's a great point yeah um i've been trying to talk about this a little bit on the pod here is just you know where you are in your league like exactly like you just said if you're near the top you can start taking a few swings right because if it doesn't work out who gives a crap you know it doesn't it doesn't matter right but you know you you can't really be taking swings when you're trying to make it into the playoffs or you know once you're in the playoffs it's not the time to take swings that's the time to get you know as close to guaranteed production as you can get so um i like Vrana as a player i think he's a watchless guy at this point for me i want to see i just want to see that first game even as far as like let's watch the first period let's watch the first two periods if he's getting some deployment i might look at it i might i might add during the game if he if he's if he's looking good if he's getting deployment i like that you know but it has to make sense for your team right 
but I do like that player. All right. Um, here's a guy who didn't get traded, but uh, someone who was called up to basically fill a role with his team, and he's getting featured. And that player is William Eklund for the San Jose Sharks. This is a guy I, I actually called for as a dark horse for the Calder Trophy. That's a whiff. All right. That's a big whiff over here, Fantasy NHL today. Uh, you know, don't call me on that. But uh, yeah, William Eklund, it's nice to see him up on the roster with the San Jose Sharks. And he got first-line deployment with that beauty, Thomas Hurdle, and uh, Fabian Zetterland. All right, that's a makeshift first line. Uh, not guys you thought would be on the top line on any team uh, in the league this year, probably. What, where, <laughs> what do you feel about uh, William Eklund? Is this guy a sneaky ad? Is this someone who maybe can, can bring a little bit of value, uh, you know, rest of the season here? Yeah, well, first off, to make you feel a bit better, I uh, my Calder vote went to uh, Marco Rossi, so... Um, boom! I think we're in the same boat there. Um, but yeah, I think Eklund, you know, I think generally there's going to be a lot of players now um, like Eklund on teams that are out of the playoff race that are that are going to get a look here, right? In the last, you know, 20 games or so um, that you can kind of capitalize on. I kind of talked a little bit. Um, I know this player wasn't as, as highly touted as Eklund, but uh, Harvey Pinot in, uh, Pinard, sorry, in uh, Montreal, mm-hmm. like he's kind of been, you know, Canadians are out of it got rid of some players now have some injuries they bring this guy up and he just catches fire right so i, I think Eklund could be in a similar scenario he's getting great deployment like you said um yeah keep an eye on him or if you're in, in a spot where you can uh, take a gamble on someone or, or sort of look at maybe san jose has a, a really friendly schedule one week and you want to use him as a streamer and and see where it goes uh yeah i don't think there's anything wrong wrong with doing that and and yeah i think in general that's a strategy you want to look at at this time of year like who's getting called up that sort of has a lot of offensive talent that might be able to help you. Yeah. It reminds me of teams, you know, signing or, or bringing up rookies, you know, for that, that last nine games of the season, like, and, and yep. giving them full run, right? Like, you know, that's, that's kind of what's happening here with Eklund and, and there'll be other players like that too. We just have to be aware of players like this. Right. And uh, you know, what also what I'm taking from you, Mike is uh, William Eklund called the trophy next year confirmed. All right. That's, that's okay. happening. Yeah. We're together on that. Take. Yeah. Book it. Yeah. We're, we're together on that take. All right. Sweet. Um, I don't know about that. Uh, let's, let's, I think there'll be another guy who might win that Calder next year. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, potentially. All right. I, if I had to put money on it, I'd probably leave Eklund uh, yeah, out of there. That's, that's fine. Um, let's talk about that beefcake Tanner Janot, the guy uh, traded for a bazillion picks uh, over to the Tampa Bay lightning what first off? What was your take on that trade? I mean, that that seems like the most value you can extract from a GM for a player uh, that I've I've almost ever seen. Like for this player, I mean, what, what did you think about yeah. that trade when you saw it? I I thought it was crazy. Like I like I uh, I like you know. I think he yeah. you know he's talented. Um, I think he fits what the light lightning like, and I don't think it's anything to do with the player. Um, I I just I just think that's a lot to give up, and I think like. You know, everyone was saying, oh, but, you know, look at the other moves the Lightning have done and they worked out. I mean, even if this works out perfectly, it's still too much to give up, in my opinion, right? Like, yeah, you know, I think, like, the point of asset management is to to not, like, I think if you could get, you know, uh, Juno for three picks instead of five, like, that's what you need to do, right? Like, that's just good management, right? And use those other two picks to bring in another player, maybe. You know, I'm not saying they need to keep the picks to use them as, as uh, draft picks, like, to actually draft players necessarily. I don't... I don't disagree with their philosophy. Like they're in win now mode, put the picks mm. together and, and bring in players that can help you now. But yeah, I still think it's just an outrageous trade um, for, for a guy that, you know, again, he, he had 
you know, I think he, I think he had five goals when they, when they traded for him and he had a really high shooting percentage last year. Not saying yeah. that again, I, I'm as a Leafs fan, I'm sure I'll regret this in the playoffs and he'll get like six goals in the, in the first round series against Toronto. But um, yeah, I just think it's a lot to give up. It's insane. I mean, my goodness. I mean, don't they listen to fantasy analysts? All right. We know what the <laughs> hell we're talking about. All right. Although I, I do like Tanner to know this is a guy I wanted badly to draft during my, during draft season. I was like, I can't do it. That makes no sense. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, so I left them there and yeah, gratefully uh, so, but um, yeah, this, this is the, obviously the type of guy that Tampa likes on their bottom six, but that many picks for a guy you're, you're going to give, you know, he played, you know, his, his games in Tampa, like look at these ice times, 1157, 1050, yeah. 1252, 651 in the game today. What, I mean, what, what, it, why? You know, and how, how do these, like, I always wonder how the negotiations go. Like, what is he like? All right. Three picks. He's like five, You're like yeah. four, five. <laughs> All right. Go on. You got five. Like, is this guy retiring at the end of the year? Like the GM for Tampa? Is he just like, I'm out of here. See you later guys. Like, good luck. You know, the cupboards are bare. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, uh, I, I was saying like, who is, who were the lightning bidding against? Like who is going to give up four picks? And, and I mean, they gave up Cal foot too. Like I, Right. I can't say yeah. I've been following following him too closely uh, from a prospect perspective. I know he was playing games for them at, at one point. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I think like, you know, who who are they bidding against that they needed to go to five picks? I guess they were someone. Someone responded, which was kind of a smart comment. Like they said, they were probably bidding against Nashville, right? Nashville just said, "Look, right. if you don't give us five picks and this guy, we're just going to keep him." And yeah, how bad do you want him? Yeah, they probably did it. So I don't know. I, I just don't think it was good asset management. But I'm not saying it's not going to work out for them. But yeah, like like you mentioned, uh, his ice times dropped even in Tampa. Like I don't think I don't think his his value's gone up there. Even though um, I, I didn't see what he did today, but I know he I picked up a couple of points, uh, a couple of assists in his first two games yep. there yep. with Tampa. But yeah, his, his he's not getting any power play time. His ice time is is way down. So like, unless you're rostering him for, for just hits really, or maybe some pin. Um, I don't think he's really rosterable. Yeah. Plenty of hit streamers out there. Um, you know, getting more deployment than TJ. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I like to play with Nashville. I don't like him as much with Tampa Bay. Hopefully he just crushes it in the playoffs. And you know, we, we see like, Oh wow, these GMs are geniuses because look at this man. Like you get a Stanley cup. I'll, I'll give you 10 picks. I don't care. You can take every prospect the Vancouver Canucks ever had. If you can just give us one pick or one Stanley cup, please. It's going to be years here in Vancouver. I, this is, this is a bad sitch. I thought, you know, we really needed 2011. We needed that. All right. It didn't happen. Close. And now, yeah. Oh man. That that's the lowest sports moment of my life. But uh, yeah, I don't even, I don't need to relive that here. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, another player that uh, I initially wasn't too high on, but you know, he's, he's starting to, he's starting to put some stuff together here is Ivan Barbashev for the uh, Vegas golden Knights. He has uh, three games with the uh, Vegas. He's got three assists. He's playing on the top line, second power play, uh, but the top line's with Jack Eichel. Flying. Jack. It looks like they have a little bit of chemistry there. Um, what, what do you think about this player? Like, I, I, I liked him in St. Louis, you know, because he's a great Cats League guy. You know, he, he's, um, he does that. He hits. Um, you know, he just hits. That's what he does. <laughs> but um, and he sh- nah, no, he doesn't shoot. So, um, where are you at with uh, Barbashev? Do you think he's worth the rostering um, for Vegas for the rest of the season? 
Yeah, he looks pretty good so far. And I think mm-hmm. you sort of keyed on it when you said he's playing with Eichel. I think whoever's on that top line um, is going to have some value. And yeah, he's got the points, uh, you know, so far in his time there with Vegas to, you know, to sort of line up with uh, who he's playing with. So that's a that's a great sign. And I think the key here is really like, like Eichel really went on a huge sort of cold streak there for a long time. And now in the, in the last sort of half dozen games or so, he's really picked it back up again. So if he's playing at the top of his game and producing, I think anybody, you know, playing with him, you're going to, you're going to want to take a look at. So obviously with, um, you know, with Mark Stone out for the season and in Vegas, not really making a huge splash at the deadline. I don't know how much competition there is to the sort of Barbershop spot there. So I think he, he's got kind of a good sort of outlook for the rest of the season. So bizarre to me that uh, how highly Vegas is rated in the league. Like they're second in the Western Conference, Vegas. It doesn't make sense. Like, look at what's happening with their goalies this year. I mean, these guys are doing it by committee. I mean, they since they broke into the league, that's kind of the case, right? They're you know you got these guys just um, producing, you know, all throughout their lineup. Um, it's a well constructed team, obviously, but um, I've always felt that you know since Eichel's been there, he doesn't have anyone to play with. So, and even Bar- Barbashev's not the guy. Yeah, I really think a lot of it is um, Bruce Cassidy just having like watched him for a lot of years in the Eastern Conference. He's a really good coach, yep. like really good. He's probably, I, I always said about him, he's the most goalie friendly coach in the league. Like if you want to tie it back to like a, a fantasy perspective, like in in those Boston teams, like Yaroslav Halak was always a good option with Tuka Rask. Like they almost split games. And right. I thought Aiden Hill the same this year. Like I had Aiden Hill on my roster for a long time earlier in the season. Um, and Logan Thompson's obviously, I, I think he came into the season with like, I don't know, was it 20 NHL career games and he made the yeah. all-star team. What so like, uh, yeah, I think Cassidy there is just, he's just a really good coach and a good defensive coach. They're a lot better defensively than they were Vegas. That's for sure. No, it's a great point. Um, yeah, I think to me, Barbashev, I, I did pick him up in, in one spot and I'm holding for now. Um, just kind of see what happens here, but yeah, he's, he's been pretty good so far. It's a cat's league. So that, that makes a difference because he bangs. All right. He does that. All right. But, uh, cool. Yeah. Barbashev, we're moving on. All right. Uh, a couple more players I want to talk about. Um, yeah. And the next one up is my guy for the Jets, Nino Niederreiter. Yes, it is Ned Niederlander. Um, this is a guy, I, I, I'm a fan of this guy. I know, um, you know, he's, he's not always everybody's favorite. I, I, I always lean towards cats leagues guy, right? And this is Nino Niederreiter has always been a decent streamer level cats league guy. But, um, the fact that he's, they're kind of putting him in the top six there and giving him some power play in Winnipeg, that's exciting to me. Um, you know, because he never really was given that opportunity in Nashville. I think Nashville reminds me a little bit of. Vegas in the way that they sort of it's like it's like a top nine it's not a top six really you know what I mean so um but here in Winnipeg yeah this guy's getting to play with Shifley like and Kyle Connor at times like what you know that's excellent deployment um he's on the power play two assists in three games uh and in the last game he played over 20 minutes on ice I don't know what 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 do you think what uh where are you at with Nino is this is this guy is this guy revenue up or what uh for the first time I'm kind of a little bit like pretty high on him. I think he he's in, like you said, I think he's in a good spot, good deployment, top power play, getting big minutes, um, starting to produce, you know, I mentioned before, uh, you know, players that are, are better in real life than fantasy. I've always kind of had Niederreiter on, on that list. I think he's, like you said, he was decent for cats, but he's never really been a phenomenal fantasy option. Um, right. So I think you could always find him on a lot of waiver wires. And I think most 
most people would pick him up for a few games and then send him back. But yeah, this one might stick. I think uh, the opportunity is there for sure. I think uh, if he gets that deployment and he's able to keep, you know, producing like he started with, he's going to be good to have down the stretch. Yeah, I love that. I mean, um, I, I think I've heard you say before um, just about deployment and how it's kind of an underrated stat uh, in fantasy. And I agree 100%. It's like, that's one of the first things I look at. I know it's it's a simple stat. Like I've, I've been delving into advanced stats this season, you know, just trying to understand and how to predict player performance. But I always end up going back to time on ice. If it's a tiebreaker, I'm like, yeah, time on ice. Yeah. Like it's, and For sometimes sure. even more if it's, if it's, if it's a guy's has great advanced stats, he's maybe performing, but he's only at 15 minutes. And then you got a guy like, like this guy, for example, Nino Niederreiter over 20 minutes in the last game. If he puts two or three games together where he's getting 20 minutes or over, that's an ad. That's a must add. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in my opinion, um, I don't yeah. know. What's your, what's your thought on time on ice there? Yeah, I think it's critically important. I always talk about it too. Like, you know, especially in, in leagues with, you know, we talk about like multi-cat leagues, but I, I like to always say like, um, leagues with like what I call volume categories. So like things like blocks and shots and hits, a lot of those is they're, you know, they're obviously players that that do better at that than others, but a lot of times that's mostly just like a volume stat, right? So when you think of like having a head to head matchup with somebody in fantasy, you know, if you look at the start of the week and they have, you know, 66 games to play and you have 57, you're probably in trouble for a lot of those volume categories. So then you could break it down even further and look at, you know, who has the the players that are playing the most, you know, in minutes, never mind games. And I think that also can swing it too. So yeah, I think like you said, that's a critical thing, a good way to sort of break the tie. There are probably very few players you can roster that, that don't play a lot. Like I know if like somebody like Daniel Sprong this year, I think was scoring a lot of goals and he was playing like 10 minutes. Ar- Arthur Kaliev, I think in LA is another guy that doesn't play a lot, but he has scores at a pretty good rate, but those guys are just like few and far between. Yeah, it's so true. And something else about ice time to me is it shows like just as a hockey player like myself, it shows where the coach's head is at, right? Like if he's giving you 20 minutes, that means he's confident in what you're doing, right? You're closing the game. Like I, I look at a guy like JT Comfort. This is a guy that I've been kind of singing up his praises for the last two weeks, you know, leading up to the playoffs. First off, because Colorado has such a good schedule, but the minutes he's getting are insane. You know, he's playing, he's playing 24 minutes a night you know, taking all the face-offs, like, so in a Cats league, yes. In a points league, yes. Uh, guys that are getting minutes, I think they should be prioritized. That's kind of where I go to start anyway. But that all said, Nino Niederreiter, go pick him up, all right? You're going to like the way you feel. I guarantee it, all right? Um, let's do one more. Let's talk another player. And then what I'd like to do, Mike, uh, if we can, is sort of just get, put you on the spot and ask you, you know, sort of who, who's... Who, not a must add, but out of all the players, out of the, the rubble that is the trade deadline, who's a player uh, you think that uh, our listeners should add? And uh, we'll get to that in a second, but I just want to, you know, put a bug in your ear there. Last player we're going to talk about, Maxwell Domi. All right. Um, yeah, heading over to Dallas. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice move for Dallas, I think, again, in reality. You get a guy who, you know, can fill a role, right? He's, he's kind of, you know, like that agitator kind of guy. He's, he's obviously had a good season this year offensively. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Um, this is, I, I recommended Max Domi to a few people throughout the season, but it was all schedule-based, you know what I mean? And then it was also because he was playing with Patrick Kane, 
right? So those were the two factors like, yeah, yeah, get Domi in there. He's got the back-to-back. You can get him in for two games or he has a good schedule, no problem. But um, now I, I am not too... Uh, honestly, I'm not too stoked on Max Domi and his new deployment here in Dallas. I don't know. And his first game too, you know, 16 minutes, he had two shots on goals and a hit. Uh, nothing else, right? Took a penalty. I don't know. What, what do you think about Max Domi? Do you think there's any value to be extracted here? Um, or is this ship kind of sailed with his with his fantasy value this season? Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I don't uh, see a ton of value there. I think one of the things like, you have to be careful about when players get like traded from a, like a bad team to a good team. I think a lot of people immediately think like, Oh, this will be great for them and and their value will jump. But you know, Domi was probably getting, you know, all the the big opportunities and the big minutes in Chicago, even though, you know, he probably wasn't playing with a lot of talented players and, you know, now he's going to probably be playing a lesser role in Dallas and really like, I mean, I think the stars are a great team, but I don't, know how good of a fantasy team they are once you get past that first line. Um, yep. I mean, obviously, Jamie Ben's kind of having a, a bounce back here, which is good. But, you know, Sagan's kind of, um, you know, certainly not what he was anymore. Um, so even, even if he was to kind of work his way up to the second line, I don't even know if I'd love it. Um, but, yeah, in like a, a lesser role than that, I think it's it's a struggle unless you have some league that's got some crazy values on, on hits or pims or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I might just leave them as, uh, you know, probably not going to grab him unless you know maybe Dallas has a great schedule and you're just streaming him one week or something yeah I think it's like a kind of a Tyler Bertuzzi situation you know you got first liner first power play going to third liner second power play maybe no power play you know I I don't know what's happening there but uh you know I did say only one more player but ah god I got you I gotta ask one more thing what's your thought on uh um first off two players real quick Ryan O'Reilly and Nikolai Ehlers. Those are, those are players I get a lot of questions on. Ryan O'Reilly just asking, um, you know, I know he, was, he took a shot off the hand. My fingers hurt. Oh, well, oh, now your back's going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. Hmm. Anybody else's fingers hurt? He's day-to-day. I, I haven't heard kind of an update on that, but I know what, what's your thought on Ryan O'Reilly fantasy-wise, and then what's your take on Ehlers' rest of season? So I think O'Reilly, um, as long as he's on that second line, um, or maybe it's the first line, uh, Tavares and Marner, they kind of basically alternate. Um, I think he's great to have. You know, he looks great. That line's going to produce a lot of points. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of, pretty much any player with Marner and Tavares is going to be productive, but I think O'Reilly's a little bit more savvy than just your average player. So I think he can, you know, produce well there. Um, I think at some point the Leafs might, try him as a third line center um, to kind of get ready for the playoffs. Maybe they want to go that route um, against Tampa. So if that were to happen, obviously I don't love him as much. Um, I don't think his, his offensive numbers will be as good, but um, you know, obviously he's great on faceoffs and, and if he's getting that deployment with the bars and, and Marner, he'll be pretty good. Uh, Ehlers. I got a lot of questions on Ehlers lately, a lot yeah. of frustrated uh, Ehlers managers, you know, just not playing a lot. Um He's dropped down. You know, we, I, I was actually going to mention him earlier when we were talking about uh, Nita Ryder, like they're just sort of players going in different directions with deployment, kind of how you were, right. you were saying what the, what's the coach thinking or, or when they're kind of giving that deployment. I think you can kind of look to that with Ehlers, obviously not a guy that uh, Rick Bonus has a lot of confidence in. And yeah, I kind of like, I, I, I think Rick Bonus is a great coach, but again, like, you know, he, he's kind of the one that sort of soured me a lot on some of the stars players just because his style is not sort of conducive uh, to fantasy outside of a top line. And 
and yeah, I think he's more of a defensive kind of minded guy. And and I just think right now Ehlers is, is kind of fighting it. it it's, it's a shame because he looked so good when he came back from yeah. injury there in the new yeah. year. Like he just caught on such a heater. And now it's just like, it, I don't, I don't know if like, I don't know if this is too extreme, but I was going to say like borderline droppable. It's like, you know, like as you get to the playoffs here and, and it gets pretty desperate. Um, but yeah, it's not looking good. Nikolaj. Hmm? Nikolaj, yeah, I said it. Nikolaj. Nikolaj. Not even close. Nikolaj. Nikolaj. Almost Nikolaj. Nikolaj. I feel like I'm saying it. You know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah, I've advised a couple people. I mean, it's not straight up like, hey, drop it. Drop that man like it's lukewarm. You know, but but what do you say? You're like, yeah, 10 minutes and 48 seconds on ice. What the hell? Oh, man. And pl- it, you know what doesn't help uh, myself? Like, I'm again, like, you know, I'm again, uh, dabbling into the advanced stats, like this guy's advanced stats show out. He looks like a, you know, he's like Jason Robertson out there. Um, but no, all right. He's not scoring. He's not converting. And, um, you know, on the opposite end of exactly what we were talking about, when the coach doesn't have confidence in you and you get 10 minutes, that doesn't go away quickly. It's not like all of a sudden the coach is like, you know what? I was wrong. Get out there and play 22 minutes. It's like, no, this is something that's probably going to continue for the rest of the season. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Ehlers is on the bubble. I wouldn't drop him, but if you have to, I'm not going to blame you for it, all right? Um, that's kind of where I'm at with that. So, And then Ryan O'Reilly, actually, just a quick thought on him. This guy's pissing me off. Like, he comes out in his third game with the Leafs and gets a hat trick and an assist. That You know what that does? That basically gives him a free pass for the next 10 games. It's like, oh, yeah, I have to hold you now because maybe you'll do that again. It's like... Buddy, you know, he's gone, what, what is it, like five five games without a point or something, and now he's potentially injured. Like, I got him on a team, you know, he's a center only in Yahoo. I've got him on a team where I have a lot of centers, but this is one where I'm like, okay, yep, I got to go pick up Ryan O'Reilly. He got three goals, one assist. I have to pick him up because I'm in a competitive league. Other guys are going to go get him. Like, let me just get this guy on my roster. And now he's giving me donuts. What, what, you know, come on, buddy. And now his hand? What? Oh, God, this is terrible. But, um... I don't know. You have to roster a man that's playing with those two guys. It, it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, cool. Okay, so before I let you go, uh, first off, well, thank you so much for your time, Mike. I really appreciate you having on the show here, um, or really appreciate you on the show here. Thank you so much. Um, give me your take on, not a must-add, because I don't want to put you there, but what player are you most excited about rest of season? You know, one or two players that you're really targeting you know, let's say if you're if you're trying to take swings or you're you're kind of looking at upside plays, who who are you targeting based on what happened in the trade deadline here? Yeah, so a couple uh, to talk about. Um, number one, I think, is uh, Evan Bouchard if he's still available in your league. Devin, <laughs> what are you doing here? Um, I think we saw last night three points, two power play points. That is a coveted spot. Um, that Oilers yep. power play is like historically good. Um, you know, I think Bouchard's season basically got a lifeline there when Barry got traded, and they didn't really. Add, I mean, I know they brought in Ekholm, but I, I don't think like their idea is to play Ekholm on power play one. I think he's they want him as more of a shutdown type player. So I think if Bouchard can kind of maintain what he's done in the first couple of games here, I think they're they're it's going to be his job basically to carry and. And yeah, if he just basically passes to Connor McDavid and, and gets out of the way, I think uh, he'll be fine, you know, on that power play. Yeah, absolutely. At the, top, at the top of the blue line. So yeah, he's a guy I would look to grab um, if he's still still out there. And one other one, I think, um, you know, we talked a, a little bit about 
Chikrin earlier, and, uh, and we mentioned Goss Despair too. But now that they're both gone, um, I kind of like uh, Yusuf Valamaki uh, in Arizona. Would you like some uh, juice? A lot of uh, a lot of thumbs up there. Um, you know, big minutes. I was looking at his, his ice time the other day; just well over twenty a lot now. Um, he's he's I think basically their number one defenseman at this point. So, um, and, and the Coyotes are a fun team, man. Like. Yeah, Keller and Schmaltz and, and Hayden, I mentioned they've been m- m- maybe the best line in hockey the last couple of weeks. Like, they've been unbelievable. Um, so I think there's upside there. Valamaki's probably available in your league unless you're in a very smart competitive league. Um, but, yeah, those are those are two guys I'd look to. My man. Okay, we that's it. That's confirmed. We are best friends now, right? And that's if that's just one-sided, that's fine. I'll take that. But Valamaki, that's a guy I've been talking about too. So that's my guy. I've got him on like four spots. You know, yeah, he's like just stupidly under-rostered. Um, he's getting all the minutes, okay? Uh, yeah, Chikrin, Gosses Bears, smell you later. This, we want Valamaki, all right? Get him on the, get him on the power play. Um, definitely a points, more of a points league guy, but you know, he can, he can do some other stuff too. But yeah, I love the opportunity there. I love Schmaltz too. Schmaltz is a, he's a goodie. I hope he's, you know, I hope he's healthy after, you know, that injury that he had there just so he can finish the season strong. Arizona's got a great playoff schedule and these guys are, are available, right? So go out and get yourself some coyotes. All right. Starting with the, the juice box, Yusuf Alamaki. All right. Uh, yeah. And then Bouchard, uh, 24 minutes on ice. I love that. There we go. I call this guy the 15 minute man, but uh, you know, we got 24 minutes last game. Sweet. Three assists. Now we're in business. All right. That, those are great picks. Buddy, I appreciated having you on the show. It was a lots of fun to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah, um, I'll give you the last word here. What do you got to say for yourself? Uh, just thanks for having me on, Blake. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Buddy, thanks so much, man. I hope we can do this again sometime. Um, yeah, definitely go follow. If you aren't already, go follow Mike Amato on Twitter. It's at Amato underscore Mike. Again, Sportsnet and GoaliePost.com. This guy's a beauty. All right, you got to get in there, get the biz. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Celebrate your day. Bye for now. A rational explanation is hardly necessary.